Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Let's be honest. The first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simon's on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away, because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking about preparing for a layoff tidal wave. Yeah, and maybe we're being hyperbolic here when we say tidal wave, but really we chose tidal wave because I I know that you like tidal waves, Joel. Uh-huh. You talk, you mentioned That's still how I want to die. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned how that is how you want to go, except for like last time we talked. Until about I pointed it. out the fact that I, <laughs> that I would drown. There are really tidal waves, or, or you mentioned tsunamis, and I'm yeah. like, dude, tsunamis are just kind of like the gradual, or not gradual, but it's a quickly raising yeah. of, of water. No, if there's this caused giant, by the earthquake. Giant tidal wave. I don't want to die by drowning. You're thinking of... But if it, it slams me to the ground and that's how I go, right. that's what I want. You, you want to get kook slammed. Yes. So t- <laughs> 100%. <laughs> you don't want that, dude. That's terrible. No, no, no. You're, you're thinking of, what was it Interstellar? Uh, which space movie? And they landed on the planet and they're looking for the mountains and there were not mountains. And there it turns waves? out that there are waves. Remember right, that? Like that, right. that whole scene? And yeah, they're just like thousands of feet tall. That scene kind of blew my mind, yeah. but uh, that's what you're thinking of. That's right? the way to go. Uh, no, we are going to talk about preparing for potentially getting laid off. There's a lot that's happening in our current labor market. There have been some rumblings, and we're going to get to those, and uh, specifically the steps that you need to take, both with your career, but also with your finances to make sure that you are ready to weather that storm yeah. when it does arrive. For sure. Okay, quick question for you before we get to that. Let's the, do it. The other day, so Selma, my nine-year-old, she uh, we talk about money here and there and kind of trying to uh, help her understanding as she grows up of yeah. spending, saving, even starting to talk about investing too. But the other day, randomly at breakfast, she was like, 
So how much money do we have, Dad? No, like, <laughs> oh, like overall, not like how much is in your wallet or, but like, oh, like, like what is your net worth? Like net worth, basically, is what she was asking. She, she didn't have that terminology, <laughs> but that's basically what she was asking me, and I was would hesitant you, to give her a number. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I would have been hesitant too. Like, okay, so, I, so I didn't. But okay, I'm curious. So to hear, you didn't do it. How would you respond to that question? I would not have given it either. I don't. So I don't see there being much good coming from a kid knowing how much money you got in the bank. Yeah. Okay, so I think I would be funny about it. I'd be like, oh, we got ten million dollars in the bank, which, by the way, is not anywhere near accurate. So. That, sounds, that sounds right <laughs> from what I've seen. Um, but no, I think, like, honestly, a question like that, maybe it's born out of curiosity, but I think oftentimes, like, kids are talking at school, and maybe there's, like, this dumb competition, and kids, they're trying to, like, one-up each other, and I don't see that leading to anywhere good, yeah. necessarily. And we've talked about how leaving a fortune to your kids, and how, like, more and more, I'm thinking that that is not something I want to do, because of the sense of entitlement and the ability, the potential ability for that to keep your kids from like becoming their own person yeah. and like going out and making something, taking risks, that whole thing. I, th- I feel like it could stymie, stymie their personal growth is was, what I'm saying. I don't remember who I was talking to, but I was talking to someone the other day and we were discussing how the best time for a parent to give their kids money is in their 30s. like mid 30s in particular when they're having kids buying a house all that kind of stuff and and by then hopefully they're solidified in their career and kind of in their work ethic they're the kind of person Uh they're going to be and so it's not some sort of massive endowment or bequeathment of like millions of dollars down the road when that person is 50s 60s it really helps them in a time where that money is is most useful but it's basically also, like some some down payment money for that house that first house yeah I can see that being pretty helpful but it's also sta- folks. staving off entitlement right like where if you if you give it too too early maybe they miss out on some of that but yep y- yeah yep. you're right no that's, I, that's what i'm thinking of and, I, I, and even just knowing that that money is there i think could potentially yes. keep kids from really going out there yeah. and doing something awesome with so lives. i think the key is like you said like kind of to be coy about it and not reveal a whole lot of information yep. like hey we have enough we've so got a roof like, over our head that was yes. the kind of the discussion that we, yeah, we had. Yeah. Like you don't I need, think you shouldn't have to worry. You don't you don't need to worry about anything. Totally. We we're, we're doing great, but at the same time, like I don't want her to think that we've got you know, millions in the bank. Totally um, agree. Even though we have billions, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, no, I totally agree. I think it is important to make sure that they understand that they're cared for, that they are being provided for specifically, mm-hmm. right? And so not only in the time and the intention that we give them, but also the amount of, the amount of money that, that we have on hand, yeah. providing that stability. I think that's yeah, definitely a very important thing to communicate yeah. to them. Good question, Soma. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I love that she asked it and I don't want to shame her or shut her down when she no, asked much like absolutely it. not. It provides another chance chance to have a, a conversation, even if I'm not giving her the direct answer that she's hoping for. So all, all those little money combos with your kids matter and involving them more in those money decisions. I don't know. Maybe we should do a whole other episode soon about how we talk to kids about money. It's been a minute. Yeah. But uh, Matt, let's mention the beer that we're having on this episode. This one is called Absolute Brightness. It's by Ology Brewing out of Tampa. Big thanks to Jamie and her husband for sending us a couple beers. We appreciate it. That's right. Looking forward to sharing our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. I kind of I dig the label. It's super basic, but it reminds me of a Tycho album cover. Do you ever oh, listen to Tycho? Not really, it's but like electronic ambient yeah. artist. But no, it's got that vibe for sure. Yeah, and it's like a digital analog look going on, which yeah. is what kind of summarizes my style, perhaps. Yeah, well, and if you follow us on Instagram at How to Money Pod, you can you can see all of our beer cans label all art, the labels, all the stuff we're drinking, <laughs> uh, amongst other things. We've been creating a lot more content on Instagram, by the way. Not it's not just beer cans. Yeah, <laughs> it's actual money content. <laughs> There's actual some yeah some that help, can help helpful you. infographics up there as well. So instead of yeah, following people. To 
taking fake uh, pictures on private jets, you can, <laughs> you can follow us for actual money-saving info there. But let's get on to the subject of hand, Matt. We're talking about preparing for a potential layoff. And I was just talking about Selma, and it actually, preparing for this episode, made me think about how each of the kids I have, they're all unique. And I think you have it in your mind that you're going to be able to have a big impact over how they turn out. And I don't want to say that you don't have any impact over how they turn out, but it's amazing how all each kid comes with like its own, their own distinct personality built in, kind of baked in the genes from the get go. Mm -hmm. And they just have like certain hardwired predilections, right? That, uh, that we can't quite override. And so even though Emily and I were trying to be intentional about what we're teaching them, it doesn't mean that we can mold them in a way that's kind of antithetical to that nature that they're mm -hmm. born with. And that nature versus nurture debate is endless and it's hard to know exactly how much is can be chalked up to either one of those things. But even given kind of their their disposition when they, you know, kind of come on the scene, we still have the ability to mold them in some ways, in important ways. And so there's a lot that I want my kids to know before they fly the coop, before they head out on their own. I want to prepare them for a variety of circumstances that they might face. And even if that process is vastly different than like updating a software package, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it takes so much more intentionality and effort. If only it was that easy. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Neo in the Matrix and you upload something new and then they just like, boom, they get it. You're talking back. What are you doing? Just get over here. Yeah. Let me plug you <laughs> in. Press a couple buttons and fix you up. I mean, those lessons, like my input, Emily and I's input, it still, it still matters. And so yet the same thing is true, I would say, when someone loses a job. It's hard to know when or if it's coming, mm. but we still have the ability to prepare there's like kind of this um, element that's out of our control this element that's in our control and we want to talk about the element that's in our control today that's right yeah and we have a limited time frame right like we have this window where we do have that input this actually it kind of reminds me of my favorite uh, parenting adage which is to prepare the kid or prepare the child for the road don't prepare the road for the child. Oh man! Uh, and we don't know exactly. That's like, deep, son. You like that? Yeah. Have you have you heard that before? I don't think I have. Oh really? I it's like, like it. um, I don't know where it came from. It's not like an individual. I think it comes from like a uh, culture okay. uh, specifically. The thing is, like, we don't know exactly the types of different crazy things that our kids are going to encounter in the world. But the time to equip them is now. And the truth is that layoffs are happening. And the time to prepare for that tidal wave, <laughs> a potential tidal wave, is now. Uh, the Fed rate hikes, they have continued to create more tightness in the economy. The labor market, it's been pretty resilient for a long time, honestly. But that booming job market might be coming to an end, maybe not abruptly, but it might kind of fizzle, fizzle out a little bit, you know, like these all-time unemployment lows. They can't continue forever, basically. Um, but that could potentially lead to you being without a job, the R-word recession like that's being thrown around again as well so will it won't it <laughs> is it gonna be a soft landing who actually knows i don't think you can actually say the r word man it's kind of like voldemort you're not supposed to say oh, it all the way out that's that's you're conjuring it's it funny now. it's funny that you mentioned that because literally that's the we are at that part in book seven so long time listeners will know we've been reading through all seven books out loud with the kids and they just discovered that taboo of saying his name in the seventh book and where it stems from well no like in the earlier books they don't like saying his name but in book seven literally if you say it it 
it uh, lets the uh, the Death Eaters know where, oh, where where he is. So. Gotcha. Slight spoiler if you haven't yet read, <laughs> <laughs> read the book. Doesn't ruin anything. We're still uh, on book four, so <laughs> you'll get there. Um, but you know, even if the economy as a whole, even if it doesn't tank anytime soon, there is always the possibility that your company or even your specific department uh, that they could be looking to cut back. And so we're gonna offer our thoughts on what it looks like to prepare now, making yourself not necessarily layoff proof, but kind of like like layoff resistant oh, right i like that it makes me think of like waterproof versus oh, water resistant yeah those are like two different terminology like if you have a watch that's waterproof it's like ip6 rated or whatever yeah you can die if like way down deep and it's gonna be fine right but if you have one of the water resistance and you try to like scuba dive with it i think it's gonna be it's like no you're good. broke as a joke you're only good for 30 minutes at three feet yes. sorry <laughs> right <laughs> well yeah and so it's important to note that yeah this isn't going to lay off proof your ability but it is going to make you more less likely to be the first person on the chopping block, but it's also going to make it so that if you do get laid off, hopefully the things we talk about in this episode, so you're more prepared to handle it. Yep. And, and and I don't know, maybe there are some jobs that are actually layoff proof, Matt, like tenured professors, incumbent Congress people. Those are people <laughs> that I think, uh, but th- there aren't many jobs like that, that there's very, almost no potential for you to lose your job. But let's talk about which industries are most at risk right now. This can act like an additional heads up for some folks. And so according to think tank, the conference board, IT jobs, transportation and warehousing, and construction are the sectors most at risk of layoffs right now. And beyond that, the tech sector has already been slashing its workforce in a big way, and there might be even more to come. It looks like there's there's even been more recent movements in the tech sector to eliminate jobs. So yeah. if, you, if you're in one of these arenas, you should probably be even more aware of the possibility of a layoff coming down the pike. Specifically in, in IT and technology, right? Like, didn't Meta call 2023 the year of efficiency? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Which made after- investors happy because they had been taking on so many new employees. Massive losses. Yeah. So after, you know, like it was basically like a post-pandemic hiring boom where like there were a lot of folks who apparently were on the payroll without actually having to, you know, anything to do. <laughs> and like these are folks and they admitted to that. Well, some of them were crazy posting videos about here's what I do when I get to work. I get my latte. They're not really actually doing any and work. We've got like a place where you can massage or like, and I was yeah. like, what are these, <laughs> what are the people at Twitter doing all day? And no, no wonder it can survive with so many less employees. That's right. Yeah. So all of these different tech companies with way too much money, they're they're finally cutting back. Uh, Google, they recently cut 12,000 jobs. Amazon, they're laying off 27,000 members of their team. 10,000 folks are being laid off from Microsoft and Boeing. And those are some hard numbers. But then like Ernst & Young, Accenture, Disney, they just announced that there are going to be massive layoffs coming here soon as well. How to money? They're even laying off a couple guys. Just one of the hosts. <laughs> Not sure which oh, one yet. Oh, shoot. One of us has to outrun the other one. Basically. <laughs> uh, it's like the Hunger Games. Hopefully we'll get to keep our jobs. But essentially, the, the question here is, are these tech companies the canary in the coal mine, right? Are they the, the cutting? Are they the leading edge of more job losses that are likely going to come? Well, it's, it's hard to say. But again, a record low 3.5% unemployment rate, it is not likely going to last forever. That's yeah. why we want to make sure that you are thinking ahead to this now. Well, let's talk too about the ever-changing reality of what layoffs look like, Matt, because the way they're being conducted has changed massively really just in the past three years. And oh, yeah. uh, virtual layoffs happening more and more. Those 12,000 Google jobs, for instance, those folks found out via 
an email, yeah. <laughs> which like just didn't really happen 10 years ago. And some of those people had worked at Google for decades. Can oh, you really? imagine how demoralizing that would be to be somewhere for 20 years? You get an e- you wake up to an email and you're like, oh, I guess I'm out of a job. Like That's, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. That shows it's, a lack of- It's one of thing a, if, if you'd just been hired like six months ago, like yeah. maybe I get it, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Shows a lack of appreciation for the people who have helped you get where you are. Sure. And yeah. it's, it's just not cool. And it's, especially in Google's case, it might be a little evil, which is kind of what their whole thing is against <laughs> their own mantra. It used to be their mantra. It used to be their slogan. So no, yeah, they've changed it. Now. <laughs> it's Understandably okay. so. It's okay to be a little evil. Yeah. Cause it <laughs> sounds like they are going down that path, but you know, layoffs are just happening in a more impersonal way, which kind of makes sense given the the work from home environment that we're in when you're hired remotely you're going to be fired remotely like no one's going to hop on a plane show up at your door and tell you that you're losing your job it can i think it can feel like it's adding insult to injury which can make it more of an emotional experience than it already would be though and so they're dealing with the aftermath of a layoff when you're also kind of emotionally reeling can be can be a really difficult thing to do yeah. And then like, I don't want to be a, a doomsayer here, but we're not even talking about what AI or like the large language models might do to the tech industry, right? When it yeah. comes to like programmers, like why would you hire 10 programmers when you can just get the code you need in the blink of an eye, perhaps? Yeah. Well, um, that, and there's just a whole lot of predictions about what AI, AI is going to do to work moving forward. Yeah. A whole lot of... Yes. Uh, I, I swear. So I, even aside from the tech sector, this is something that I think a lot, a lot of us, even you and I, yeah. should be, it, this should be something that we are thinking about. Sure. Yeah. Uh, makes me think of a great quote I saw from Allison Schreger recently former guest of the show, she was specifically talking about kind of the impact of AI on the workforce moving forward. And I thought this was... What'd she say? I thought this was brilliant. She said, if the past is an indication of the future, big new technology tends to come for the mediocre first. So it's critical to add some human element and be good at it. She said, I anticipate that in-person skills will be super valuable and so will knowing how to think. And so, um, yeah, if, if you want to beat what AI has coming for us, uh, and it's and it's coming. It, I think being better at what we do is going to be of massive importance as we try to stave off AI coming for our yeah. stuff. But simultaneously, this is where I feel like we might be getting a little, like we might be jumping the gun a little bit because yeah. folks were also saying that about like when the lockdowns were happening during the pandemic. Basically, everyone was saying that like we're never going to be hanging out in person again. Like all offices are shut down. Virtual learning, virtual doctors. And fact is, we're all going to move to the metaverse and Facebook. They doubled down on that, didn't they? Yeah. And that's actually that that hasn't been the case. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what actually pans out. I will say, Allison was not doom and gloom in that newsletter she sent out, and a lot of it she was saying we adapt as humans, oh, and yeah. I think this is actually going to be for the best She's overall. Take the, the positive, we're going to take the side good of, stuff, and I, I think she's right on that too. But I do think the that the the better we are at our jobs, the more it's going to help us when we try to avoid getting laid off, especially when AI can maybe do something cheaper and better. Yeah. And regarding the, you know, you kind of touched on this, but regarding the like the the virtual layoffs, I don't think it's the fact that they're virtual that I have a problem with. It's the fact that they're letting like hundreds and even like thousands of people go like at the same time on the same call. Like that's the part of it that feels inhumane as opposed to the virtual. Because what you said, I think, is true, which is if you're hired virtually, I think it's okay that you're fired virtually because it doesn't make sense necessarily for you to be called into the office that you've never been to before. And they're going to take all all of this time and you have to find a suit or at least some (laughs) some khakis or something (laughs) in order to be presentable and around other employees. But it's it's less that and it, it is it is more the the mass aspect of it, right? Like it makes me think of food, like uh, farming or like if you are a homesteader and you're raising chickens or a cow or 
or something like that. It's okay to humanely slaughter an animal. Like that's how we go about eating meat. But there's a big difference between that and like what Upton Sinclair wrote about in the jungle, yes. right? Yeah, With like yeah, the yeah. meat industry and and some of these mass layoffs, it feels more like that yes. versus the humane kind way of going about raising animals. Exactly. And if you can get hired remotely, you're going to get you're going to get let go remotely. Yeah. I think it just makes sense, but you're right. There's a humane way to do it, yes. and then there's like a really crummy way to do it. And hopefully, I feel like we a lot of these employers who have handled it poorly are getting written up uh, in kind of major publications about their firing pro- processes and they deserve to kind of get raked over the coals to a certain degree. And and hopefully it puts other people on notice before they start to apply to that company in the future. Like, wait a second, maybe they don't treat their employees all that well. <laughs> So, um, but real quickly, Matt, I also wanted to mention this talking about layoffs and, and the impact that it can have. I have personal experience with this and not from me getting laid off but from my, when my dad got laid off when I was a kid. And it was just such a tough time for our family. And I think there are ways that by pre-planning, thinking about it with some foresight, it could have made that landing a whole lot softer. But instead, it was really difficult and it felt like it had a reverberating impact for years and even decades. So sure. I, I think yeah. like a layoff can be one of those things that just shocks your family to the core. And I don't want that to be the case. Yeah. For anybody out there who's listening, I, I, I want you to do the proper prep so that you are ready should the worst case scenario happen. Like layoffs, they're never fun. But if you're in a solid financial position, it can feel more like a blip in your career than even something catastrophic like I was mentioning. But we're jumping ahead. We're going to talk about steps you can take to prevent getting laid off. We want to talk about that. And then later, we're also going to talk about what you need to do if you're in the middle of getting laid off. We'll we'll give our thoughts on all that stuff right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money 
Joel. So we were just recounting our trip to Scotland. This is the trip that we took this time last year, actually, with some of our friends over the weekend. And one of the highlights from Edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, we are back. And man, you know, we've just talked about why thinking through layoffs, why that should be something that is on your radar. Uh, Now, let's talk about career steps to take prior to a layoff. And hopefully you are still gainfully employed. Uh, And if so, it is now time to make some hay while that sun is shining. And a part of making that hay is becoming more valuable to your current employer. By the way, can you not make hay when the sun is not around? Is that the thing? Um, Not according to the old phrase, (laughs) the old saying. Or actually, it's it's not about making hay while the sun's sun's still shining, because that assumes that at some point the sun's going to go down, which obviously it does in life. But what we're saying is, let's find a way to keep that sun in the sky if you're wanting to stay at your current employer so that you can continue making hay that day. Uh, <laughs> you want it to be like... We're running with that metaphor a little too long. You want it to be like Norway in the, the summer when the sun never goes down. That's right. Yeah. This could help you to avoid unemployment altogether. Uh, and so by making yourself more valuable, what that means is just stepping up. It means taking on new roles at work. Uh, we essentially want you to be indispensable. Basically, we want you to be the person that your boss can't live without. And honestly, if you really like your job, the best role might be the one that you already have. And so it's not about finding greener pastures. It's about you know staying put and maintaining those relationships and, and maintaining that career path. And again, we sort of mentioned this before, but you can't guarantee that you're going to be invincible by becoming more valuable, but you can make yourself way more layoff resistant. Yes, yes, you can. And for virtual workers, by the way, this might be harder to do again because of the new work environment and so many more people working from home, coming in less or hybrid work even. It can be the case that you're out of sight, out of mind. And that is not the place you want to be in because that makes you easier to chop, right? And so if you're never in the office, it might be a good idea to get in there more. If you're doing video conferencing regularly with other people that you work with, in particular people that are higher up, hop on the call a little early. I think it shows intentionality and it's a good way to to get FaceTime with bosses and management. Makes me think of our conversation with Alex about negotiation, Matt. And she said... Alex Carter. That's right. She called it the meeting before the meeting and that you can have a meaningful impact on how other people perceive and view you and view your work just by being more present in those spaces. That's true. Yeah, just the ability to get on there and joke around a little bit as opposed to getting on right when the meeting starts where folks are immediately getting down to business. Yeah. And a part of making yourself more valuable is acquiring new skills because, you know, employers are going to be less likely to let an employee go who just went through a series of expensive training, right? Because, well, one, like it's, it likely costs them some money. So you can essentially use the sunk cost fallacy to your advantage here. But two... 
like forget what your employer you know just pay like forget the past like you are literally becoming more valuable to them yeah like, them and on the open market if you know for sadly, everybody yeah. yeah yeah but i mean just moving forward and looking to the future you're likely going to cause your employer to be more profitable and so they're going to want to keep you on uh, and you know if this is something that your employer offers if they offer career advancement perks take advantage while you've still got access to those perks and this is i think the right attitude to take even if your employer isn't looking to, to fire folks, the yeah. ability to become more valuable, perhaps a vie for a new position there at your company to potentially get a raise. These are all the kind of steps that we want you taking regardless. Yeah. Yeah. And so think about somebody doing the barista thing at Starbucks, Matt, and they have yeah access to a f- completely free education at Arizona State University online. Doesn't matter where you live in the country. And you could just kind of say, eh, that sounds like a nice perk, but I'm not going to take advantage. Or you can make yourself more valuable to Starbucks by getting that education. But at the same time, while they're footing the bill, if for some reason Starbucks says it's layoff time and you are one of those people that gets axed, well, all of a sudden you're more valuable too to anybody else out there, any other employer, because you've taken advantage of that perk. It was free and you gained yourself a whole lot more uh, in, in skills and knowledge that just makes you more valuable. It beefs up your resume. And so that's the, the next thing that people need to think about when they're trying to prepare themselves in advance for a potential layoff is to get their resume in order. Do it before the layoff happens. Same thing with your LinkedIn. Start beefing that up. Start making some changes and improvements and updating things before you get into a situation where you are scrambling because now you're out of a job and you're trying to fix all these things on the fly. And so why wait until you need a job? to get those things up to snuff. A couple of evenings working hard and, and maybe starting to post weekly little things on LinkedIn, becoming kind of a, an influencer of sorts in your space, right? <laughs> I don't mean influencer in the way that you're buying Gucci handbags and talking about them or whatever, but like you can up your Unless visibility. that's your business. If that's your business, that's fine. <laughs> like if you are like a fashion fashionista, a fashion icon, that's cool. But upping your visibility to people who are in your realm, in your sphere, can help you out in a big way. And so the Wall Street Journal recently had an article about whether a resume passes the six second test is what they called it. Yeah. They basically said that's how long you have to make an impression. And so don't be dull. Use bullet points to highlight the absolute must knows about you. Single spacing (laughs) your resume is going to get it tossed in the trash can along with a bunch of others. Make it spicy and interesting. I'm not talking like George Santos-esque lying about what you've accomplished, but I am saying present the most interesting information first in a very readable, formatted way. I founded a nonprofit that saves dogs (laughs) or whatever it is. So many lies. So many lies. a liar. And they also mentioned, too, leaving out the the professional summary, like the introductory paragraph, too, versus just like getting down to the facts, finding ways to quantify your achievements as opposed to more flowery language that describes all your different skill sets. But yes. Definitely, you want to get your resume in order. After that, you want to make sure that your network is solid as well. Friend of the show, Jordan Harbinger, he says to dig the well before you're thirsty. That's the best way to think about your uh, how you should be approaching your network. By the way, I love that quote because think about when you're thirsty or when you're hangry or something. All right, like the things that you will do to score some food or to score some water are vastly different than when you're not thirsty. That and so true. It, it just changes your whole approach to it. You're likely to do better work and you're likely to be less frantic. So yeah, it, it just it makes sense to do it. Changes the dynamic. Yeah, before the catastrophe hits. We love it. Yeah. So what that means is just reaching out to folks in your network who could help you in case of a work emergency before you're in one. That is incredibly important. Just simply connect 
connecting with other folks who you respect, who are doing some really cool stuff. Uh, send an email, uh, offer a compliment, because you never know the impact of just something really small like that. Uh, again, with Alex Carter, we talked with her recently, so I think a lot of what she said is fresh on her minds. But in that conversation, she talked about how she knows uh, not just names and what people do, but birthdays. She knows kids' names of different folks in her network. She's not just friendly and amicable. She's found a way to make these folks friends. And I think especially for a lot of folks who might be introverted, you might be thinking, dude, there's no way I'm going to do this. This is like so smarmy. Yes. But this is why we're saying to do this now before you are in need, because what feels more desperate? What feels grosser? just reaching out to a bunch of randos when you truly are in need or just reaching out to them and being friendly where truly you are just reaching out to connect. Who knows? You really might end up being friends with these folks, but you don't know because you haven't even given it a shot. Like we want you to be adventurous. It makes me think about like foods. Uh, If you never try a different food, well, how do you know you don't like it? You got to give it a shot. Uh, And so I think the same thing can be true when it comes to how it is that you approach your network. I think you're right. And I think a lot of people avoid networking because they think it is this smarmy, slick, political style uh, interaction that they have to have where they're trying to get something from somebody else. I think the exact opposite is true. You can be genuine, you can be authentic, and you can just connect with people who are doing cool stuff, who you like and respect. It doesn't have to be, there don't have to be ulterior motives. And that is what makes networking so great and so powerful. Especially on the front end. Yes, exactly. Before you're in need. Exactly. And so you're building that network over time, hoping that you don't ever have to tap it in need, but it will be there for you then if you're in need because you have built something based on mutual respect and admiration. Totally. All right. So so those are some of the career steps that you need to take to prepare yourself for a potential layoff. Well, let's talk about some of the financial moves too, Matt, because obviously how to money. <laughs> we got to talk about the, the specifically money side of things as well. And I think following through on some of the suggestions we just talked about will likely impact people's career, even if they never get laid off, by the way. like Yeah, the, just generally speaking, these are good things. These are good practices. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't hurt to kind of do all those things, even if you never get laid off. It's kind of like buying life insurance. You're like, ah, oh, but I didn't die. What a waste of money. And it's like, <laughs> well, no, these are all good moves. These are actually going to pay off more than that life insurance policy if you if you don't croak. But let's uh, talk about some of those general financial steps that folks can take. And, and the first one is to make sure you have a fully funded emergency fund on hand. We talk about the, the the very first money gear we discuss is having $2,467 in the bank, which is a good first step to strive for if you're not there yet. But then we want people to actually have more money than that on hand, because that means less stress if paychecks stop coming. So if you're worried that a layoff could be in your near-term future, it might make sense to dial back on retirement savings even mm-hmm. to beef up the amount that you have in liquid savings in just a high high yield savings account. It also, one of the things I think that this does that's so powerful is if you do get laid off, the more money you have on hand, the more months of living expenses that you can fund, it means the more picky you can be about potential jobs that you might take. And I think some people, when they get laid off, they're so itchy to get the next job and they take maybe an offer that's below them or they could have held out for something better, but they just didn't have the financial backing to make that a possibility. That's right. Yeah. More cash in the bank means that gives you a leg up when it comes to negotiating some of the benefits that you might be able to score with that new employer. And some people really even, it alters 
lose their whole career because they didn't have enough money. And they, yeah, they, it's they had an inflection to, point where things yeah. kind of went south after that. I've, I've known friends that that happened to. And it's mm-hmm. just like if they had had three months worth of expenses on hand just and they could a little bit more, whether that storm a little bit longer, they wouldn't have taken that, that first job that came along. Yeah. So a friend of mine, he actually recently was laid off and he actually was lucky and he did have six months worth of living expenses on hand. But even after he got a new job, even after he had an, an awesome offer, I was talking to him about it. And he said, you know, I kind of wish that I would have had even more padding. Mm. He said that he wishes he would have even had closer to 12 months worth of living expenses on hand. And so I think it is important to know your personal appetite for risk, essentially, because different folks are going to find themselves at different ends of what a fully funded emergency fund is. But I I found that really interesting that even after he kind of came out through the other side, you would think that you would quickly forget that, right? Like you'd be like, oh, yeah, it was fine. I always knew it was going to be fine. But he was just like, you know, that kind of it put us in an uncomfortable position. And I think he's probably going to err more on having closer to that nine to 12 months as opposed to that three to six side of a fully funded emergency fund. Makes sense to me. Yeah. And so the next basic general financial move that we want folks to make is to create a bare bones budget. This is uh, a topic that we dedicated an entire episode to back in episode 362. But this is just an awesome exercise in prioritizing your needs and cutting your wants out of the equation. Because having a plan now for how it is that you're going to slash your budget in the event of a layoff, that can help you to see how that savings might be able to stretch even further. And then just having it already created means that you can just flip the switch, right? You can just hop on over to that new, much trimmer budget and in a moment's notice. And I think this is kind of going back to what we were just saying. This is an easy way to, to transform six months worth of living expenses to 12 months yes. worth, right? Like it effectively, even though like the dollar amount hasn't changed. Well, if you change how much you how much money you're hemorrhaging every single month, well, it, it effectively does turn that into a 12 months worth of living expenses. Yeah. And trying to create that bare bones budget when you're emotionally in an emotional upheaval after being let go, that's tough. But having the plan created beforehand and then just implementing is so different than trying to figure it out on the fly when you're in the midst of like a financial fiasco. Where right? you might even overcorrect. Yes. Right? Like if, if you're feeling the weight of that layoff more emotionally, you might t- take some like crazy drastic cuts that might be a little nearsighted. Might because be over you, the top. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So another uh, general financial move for folks that, who at least own a home is to open a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. And this isn't something we want you to use necessarily, right? But if you've got to put food on the table, it's probably better to take money from the HELOC than to charge things up on your credit card, especially with what's happened with credit card interest rates, right? You're, you're, you're likely not going to be able to get that HELOC, though, if you don't have a job. So this is, again, a preventative measure. This is something you can't do after the fact. You can usually open one at a credit union with no closing costs. And it's this financial release valve that can provide peace of mind for you in case of emergency. It's kind of it's kind of like one of those break glass in case of emergency scenarios. <laughs> like yeah. you want access to it. You want access you to, want it to be there. the fire extinguisher, but you'll break the glass until the fire is actually happening. And that's what a HELOC can be for a lot of people. I think if you're a homeowner having a HELOC, there's very little downside as long as you can prevent yourself from tapping it until it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of like airbags in a car yeah. because when and you and I talked about this because, you know, recently when you got rear-ended, <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a minute, did the airbags not deploy when y'all, because y'all got hit pretty hard, but because I guess you were hit from behind, That's right. uh, the airbags didn't, didn't deploy. But if I was they thinking, had rammed us that that uh, that hard from the front. Oh, yeah, they, they totally would have sure. deployed. But I was thinking through that because I thought that that would have typically that adds a lot more expense to repairing a vehicle because 
because it kind of destroys your interior, right? Like the like the dashboard, yes. the steering wheel. It's just it's like exploded to shreds in order for that airbag to, to get out. And not to mention, like, you know, newer cars got like the side curtain airbags. So there are a lot of parts that have to be replaced. And of course, if you were in a head on collision, you are so glad that you've got that there. But you're not looking for those airbags to go off just willy nilly while you're driving around. It's right. not something that you're voluntarily looking to do. But we also want to recommend for folks to consider diversifying their income as well. And actually, this this it's not advice for everyone, actually, because like you, depending on your situation, you might find yourself overwhelmed with a day job, one that requires maybe quite a bit of time and effort, as well as maybe you've got a, a big family, maybe you've got a lot of kids. But if you're worried that your job might not be long for this world, other streams of income, even if they're quite a bit smaller, right? But even still, they can provide at least some additional income. It can provide a little more cushion if a layoff hits your family. Yeah, and those things aren't created overnight. This is another thing where you've got to be intentional on the front end to kind of create that that other stream of income. Starting a side hustle or a, or a, a side business, even if it stays small though, can give you something to pour your energy into, maybe uh, becoming your full-time thing eventually, if you do get laid off, I like that as like an outlet to pour some of your effort into Make Maybe you can ramp it up really quickly if you lose your job. An investment property, by the way, like if you're so inclined, can have a similar sort of impact, bolstering your personal finances, having money still coming in, even though you don't have the paycheck. And so when you do this, you're making a conscious choice not to put all of your eggs in that W-2 income basket, which I think mm. is is really smart. That's true. Yeah. So as we have said, all of these different steps that we want you to at least consider, if not take simultaneously, this is this is going to be difficult to do. But at the same time, we don't want you to get distracted from the the golden goose that's currently laying the eggs. Right. Like there's a chance that you may not get laid off. But if all of your additional and all of your creative energy, if it's going towards figuring out uh, where you're going to land, if layoffs do start coming down the pike, uh, then that could actually make you less attractive as an employee and more likely that you're going to get fired. So just keep that in mind, right? You got to kind of find that balance because if you're using company time and assets to find the next gig, when instead you should be serving the company, well, that's not going to bode well. Yeah, your and, boss comes in the room while you're working on your resume. That never is good. They're like, oh, oh, they're looking for other stuff. And you're like, no, I'm just trying to prepare yeah, yeah. because things don't look so hot around here. Now, you need to do that on your own time at it's home. It's like, well, we weren't planning on firing <laughs> you, but now you've just kind of risen to the top. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. But Joel, right after the break, we're going to get to some final things that we want folks to consider, specifically if they find themselves in the middle of getting laid off. We'll get to those right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava 
really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm-hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, oh, man. I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making, my, <laughs> you're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, Matt, we are back. We were talking a lot about how to prepare for a potential layoff. Now let's talk about what happens when the ish hits the fan, right? So like when you actually do get laid off, there's a whole lot of things happening that you need to consider and that you need to, uh, some some things, some steps you need to take in the middle of an uncomfortable situation. And hopefully your employer handles it well. Hopefully they're not the, the kind of folks sending just a crummy mass email to like thousands of people at one time or putting you on some sort of mass Zoom call. But those, uh, which actually makes me think that the uh, the layoffs, the way they went down in office space, they don't seem so bad in retrospect, right? Like, <laughs> seems quite kind and humane. Yes, versus even, what folks are dealing with now. Yeah, even those true. guns for hire coming in, like somebody <laughs> you've never seen before. Well, at least it's interpersonal and it's one on one. But however it shakes out, even while you might find yourself in a hyper emotional state, which makes sense, like it's never fun and it's disorienting to get to get laid off, to lose your job, you still need to make sure that you maintain your professionalism. So here is the thing. I I think a lot of people in the heat of the moment, they act poorly. They burn bridges. And at the end of the day, if you're let go, handling it in a cordial manner and maintaining a dialogue with your direct supervisor and your employer is really, really important. You, You never know that your immediate boss might be flying the coop too. They might be getting let go as well, but they might have a landing pad somewhere else. And they're like, you know what? Sue or Jim, like, man, they handled that so well. They've been a great employee for a long time. I'm going to take them with me. I'm going to see if there's a spot for them too. Yeah. But if you how many storm you- out in a in a, <laughs> a bunch of curse words sort of thing, like you might ruin that if opportunity. You, were, you said I was going to make fun of you for saying Sue. How many Sues do you actually know? know? A boy named Sue. I know a boy <laughs> named Sue. Okay. Uh, if you're going to say Jim, you should say Pam. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, even if you feel slighted, though, I think and, and no, it's true. Yeah. Which is true. Like it, it's hard not to feel slighted, not to feel like you don't want me anymore. Like what's wrong with you? Uh, being a jerk isn't going to help you or your future prospects. And it makes me think of Matt. We had a friend who during the pandemic, like Delta. Big 
employer here in Atlanta, they eliminated a lot of positions. And a lot of people, I think uh, it was that was hard. But mm-hmm. they brought a lot of those people back when the air travel resurgence happened. But my guess is they didn't reach out to some folks. But the folks that handled it really well and who'd been good employees for a long time, they probably reached back out with some pretty sweet offers. So th- those are the kind of things that happen in business. And the more you kind of are emotional, reactionary, and casting, throwing stones at yeah. your employer or your boss, the worst it's going to shake uh, out for you when it comes to getting a reference in the future or getting another job offer. That's right. So severance, that's the, that's the next item on the docket. Uh, because months of pay, without having to actually work. <laughs> That's probably the biggest thing that you're, you're going to want to pay attention to next. Uh, and it is definitely worth trying to negotiate more than the initial offer, especially if you feel that the amount that they're that they're giving you is, is paltry. For instance, if they're offering one week of paid salary per year that you've worked there versus two, that would make a massive stinking difference uh, were you to push back a little bit. And granted, yeah. oftentimes you're not in necessarily in a super strong position of you know to negotiate but again going back to alex carter she talked about the ability to negotiate severance on the front end yeah. and so if but even you, on the back end it's a question you can ask you, you can, can say, always always ask hey industry standard is two weeks why are you guys only offering one and, and can how can we how can we make this severance more palatable to both of us yeah we, we don't want that to be something that you agree to right away like don't sign right away take the time think through it and buy yourself a little bit of additional time to, to ask for better terms you can also negotiate some other things in this process too, right? Like perhaps getting paid for some vacation days that you haven't taken. Leave no stone unturned. You know, uh, you're, you're now ex-employer. They might, you know, maybe they might even be able to help you to, to find a new job if they happen to know that like, hey, look, this is a difficult position that we are finding ourselves in. The in- industry-wide though, things are looking good. Let's uh, make an introductory uh, phone call with you and, yeah. and so-and-so at this neighboring company. That kind of stuff can be massive, right? Yep. And and yet oftentimes in our emotional state, we, we don't do some of those steps that could potentially help us land the next thing. Totally. Healthcare is another thing that you can potentially negotiate your company. They might be willing to foot the bill for COBRA coverage for a full six months or something like that. Like at least ensuring that if you've got an ongoing health condition, you're taken care of, you can go see your doctor. That could be a big thing. COBRA is very expensive to the tune, depending on family size and all that kind of stuff. could be a couple grand a month or more. And so that's one of those things that you might be able to negotiate when you're talking severance with your employer on the way out. Uh, And Matt, we actually talked about proactively starting a severance conversation, negotiating your own layoff with Sam from Financial Samurai Mm -hmm. back in episode 535. I actually used some of his techniques back in the day when I was ready to leave a job and I saw the writing on the wall. They were trying to let people go. I said, hey, I'm going to raise my hand. You might want to let me go. And I was able to negotiate a severance, kind of proactively get laid off, which sounds weird. But that (laughs) that is something that I think if you are in the financial position and you really want to pursue something else, you might be able to take advantage of an industry-wide layoff or something like that and and volunteer yourself as tribute in a way to get something like a six-month uh, severance pay. Yeah, Katniss Kat Everdeen style. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I think that that can, for, for some people who really are ready to make a transition, who have their financial ducks in a row, that can be another strategy that, that happens if layoff, uh, a layoff tidal wave does really come about. Yeah, you can negotiate a longer period that you have that money flowing in. But yeah, you get to essentially play the part of the, the hero a little bit where it's a win-win. It's It works out for you because maybe you're looking to move on to something more exciting or maybe you're, heck, maybe you're even like financially independent and you're just looking to, man, I've been looking for a reason to just get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it, it could work out for everybody. But maybe you are laid off. Make sure that you file for unemployment 
because the longer that you wait to file for this, the longer it's going to take for that first unemployment check to hit your account. And if you got a bunch of expenses that you got to pay without a whole lot of margin, you're going to be in a tough spot. So don't delay on this one. Go ahead, gather the necessary paperwork, file for unemployment on your state's Department of Labor website. And by the way, this we want to make sure that folks are thinking about this uh, correctly, because I feel like we are very much, we tend to walk the line of independence and self-reliance, but this isn't a handout. This is basically insurance that you've been paying into for years. It's literally called unemployment insurance. And so don't feel bad about taking it. Yeah. Some, uh, some people have a stigma when it comes to yeah, unemployment. And there shouldn't exactly. be. There shouldn't be because you are funding it in large part. You and your employer mm-hmm. uh, at the same time. Take that money because that is insurance that you have contributed to. So, yeah, don't feel bad about it. Also, now is the time now to not just have made that bare bones budget, but to implement it. If you are like right when you go through a layoff, this is the time to shift and to say, this is my new budget. Uh, And so unemployment and severance, they can be burned through really quickly in order to stretch that money and the savings you currently have, the money you have on hand in like liquid, cut back on expenses until you're able to secure another job. That's where the BBB comes in. You implement it in case of an emergency. That's why you made it in the first place. That's right, man. And as folks are in the middle of this turmoil, we want you to not get down about things. We want you instead. We want you to think think outside the box because this layoff, this might be the best thing that's ever happened to you from a, a career standpoint. Instead, we want you to think through like what new opportunities could actually come knocking because you now have the ability to take on something else. And specifically, having meaningful financial margin that helps to be able to have a brighter outlook as well. But this is why we love the idea of folks having multiple streams of income. We touched on this earlier as well, but even just having a super small side hustle that can mean a continued flow of some money coming in after a layoff. And it can give you the ability to pour more hours into that solopreneur business to see if it put, you know, could potentially sprout wings and fly off while you are simultaneously weighing some, some other job offers. And yeah. so it's, yeah, it can be easy to kind of take the woe is me stance, uh, but instead we want you to, you know, this is where just thinking a little bit more optimistically, we think is going to pay off. And and I think it's true, man. A lot of people too, they also, they, they see a, a layoff as a judgment on themselves as an individual human or as a, as a worker. It's not always a referendum on how good you are at your job or how decent of a human being you are. And usually it's not. Usually it's more of a function, uh, like a macroeconomic function that influences a lot of people on a micro level. That's right. And so, Like those 10,000 people at Boeing. Yeah. <laughs> or all those people. At Met, like it's, it's the year of efficiency that's going on. It's yeah. not about like, hey, you suck at your job. And so don't take it that way. If you And I get it's hard to disassociate those two things. But we have to in order to, I think, to be able to retain our confidence and our abilities as we try to move forward in our careers post layoff. And if you do get laid off on that note, Matt, start looking for work quickly. That's what we would, that's what we would encourage. Don't take eight weeks off and then start looking or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I get the kind of the desire. Take a few days, right? Sure. But not eight weeks. You want to, you want to process things and be in a healthy mental, yes. emotional state. Yeah, and you might feel a little manic if you start job hunting that very evening or something like that. But now is the time to utilize the network that you've successfully built to help you as well. That's what it's there for. And so I think the ways to do this, by the way, are to simply let folks out there in your network know that you're looking for a job. Remain upbeat and positive. Talk about your former employer in a good light, because if you don't, I think it reflects more on you than it does on your employer. But uh, make create a post on LinkedIn and talk about how uh, you're sad that all those years that this wonderful employer have come to an 
end, that kind of puts the notice out. Hey, guess what? I'm a free agent. And you can you can also email some specific people in your network directly. Don't do it in some sort of a bulk email. Address people as individuals. But I think uh, sending notes and message, asking for advice and telling people thank you, not asking for jobs specifically, but that just, again, put it, puts it on the radar. Hey, I'm a free agent. I'm open for work. And I think that is what gets the network going yeah. to, to kind of like advocate on your behalf or to send you job offerings or, or yeah, to maybe even bring you in for an interview if, if you know somebody who's in that kind of position. Totally. Yeah. You, and you said to not necessarily ask for a job. I think there's a difference between stating clearly what it is that you're looking for versus begging for a job, which Completely. is, I think, maybe what you're getting at. Because I think it's okay to state clearly the kind of position that you're looking for, the type of role, the type of company, as opposed to just being like, hey, what's going on? Got, any, got anything for me? <laughs> uh, because if you're just hanging out on LinkedIn all of a sudden and not clearly stating, I guess, what it is that you're looking for, I don't, I guess what I'm thinking of is like maybe folks who are later in their careers. I don't think folks would necessarily assume that you're looking for a new job because in particular, if you've handled your money well, you literally could be financially independent. And folks might think that, well, maybe he's looking for a position, but I don't know. He hasn't really stated clearly what he's looking for. So I, th I think it is important to communicate in an effective way. Whereas maybe somebody who's in their, in their 20s or 30s, it's like, okay, yeah, they're probably looking for another position. But for those who are maybe a little more mature and aged, Joel, uh, those folks might be actually looking to, to step out of the workforce altogether. Well, I think either way, you need to... I'm trying to be sensitive to our older listeners. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I get As it. I'm a ma now a man in his 40s. I hear you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think either way, you want to make sure that your network knows that you're yeah, on yeah. the hunt, that you're looking. And that is where like public posting about it makes sense because you never know who's going to come through in the clutch or who's going to see that and say, oh, I didn't realize that Pam or Jim was available now <laughs> that they that they were no longer employed. Man, they did such a great job. Man, I, I didn't. They'd be such an asset to our company. But if you don't post it and they don't know it, then they can't link you up to that opportunity that exists. And so you do have to make it public knowledge, while at the same time not begging for work. Right. That is true. Yes, yeah, I will say too. My buddy who was recently laid off, but then uh, landed a great a great job, a great gig. He One of the things he mentioned he, uh, was that he was shocked at how supportive and how great all of his previous coworkers and colleagues, not coworkers, I guess, at the current company he was at, but just folks who he had worked with in the past were when it came to, hey, let me make an introductory email. Yeah. Oh, let me get you lined up with this company over here. And Matt, to kind of wrap things up, we talked about earlier, waterproof versus water resistance and, and the same, layoffs. Same thing. We want people to be layoff resistant. It's becoming layoff proof is basically impossible, even for folks who like yeah, us who run our own business. But I, I think uh, it's important to make yourself as layoff resistant as possible, as financially resilient should a layoff come down the pike as possible. And I think for some people, it really could be the best thing that ever happened to them. I, I know multiple friends where like it, they, it gave them the chance to pursue something better, something even more lucrative, and they wouldn't have left their current job if they hadn't been forced out. And so it was, I wouldn't say it was like easy. It was a tumultuous experience for them, but they've landed in a much better place. Yeah. And so it's so easy to think of, about layoffs as purely negative. But if we can change the way we think about it and we can be more prepared for a potential one to come along, then I think it's all good. And it doesn't have to be nearly as much of like a disaster scenario as we might have built it up to be in our minds. Most definitely, man. All right, let's shift gears, get back to the beer that you and I enjoyed during this episode. This was an absolute brightness 
biology, and this is specifically the ology out of Tampa. So I think they used to be, or primarily they were founded and based in Tallahassee. And Jamie, who's a longtime listener, she sent us this beer as well as the beer we had on Monday. Uh, and her husband specifically opened the Tampa location. But what were your thoughts on this hazy double India Pale Ale? Which is, by the way, what IPA stands for. We never say India Pale Ale, but yeah. that's what IPA. Everybody knows this point, right? I mean, right. Most, most folks do. I hope so. At least people listen to this show. Well, the, what do, you, I, do you think more folks know what IRA stands for or IPA? Well, now they're confused because IRA, <laughs> Inflation Reduction Act, or Individual Retirement Account. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Which one is it? Well, should we have a T-shirt that's like IRA or IPAs? <laughs> about both. We could. We should. Well, we need to do merch. And we haven't done it because we're lazy. But this beer, Matt, it was really really delightful this was tasty it was like packed with juice uh, juicy punch but it's like all it's not fake juice it's all like just amazing mm-hmm. hop juice right and so that's what makes a great ipa a great one is because the, all those juicy vibes come from the selection of hops that are included and just from like a pristine brewing process so this one had Absolutely. what like four different kinds of hops in, in it all right and it, it tastes you can taste that dry hop sort of like funk that edge that bite yeah i loved it it's so good yeah this is a really good one i love that you talked about the fruity juiciness but not because there are adjuncts in this beer but because they're able to coax those flavors out of the hops yeah that's what you get with a delicious hazy ipa this absolute brightness was an absolute winner in my book but uh, jamie thank you for sending this one our way and I'm glad too because we've never had any ology beers on the show before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't even. I'm not even sure if I've ever had any in IRL in real life as well. I don't think I had either. So yeah, I've seen them seen them around before, but it was good to finally see what it is that they had to offer. So. Yeah. And well, if the if any of the rest of the lineup is it tastes like the ones that we've had already, this one or uh, was it rainbow colored glasses? Yeah. Then, then I'm pretty sure ology is making so good. some fantastic, delightful beers. So yep. yeah. Very, very delicious. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you to Jamie's husband as well. I don't I don't know his name. She didn't mention it. But nope. uh, uh, by the way, that's going to do it for this episode. We hope that you learned a lot and we'll have links to some of the things that we mentioned in the show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. That's right. And if you have been listening to the show for a while, you have found this episode helpful. We would love it if you were to leave us a solid review wherever it is that you leave a review. It's really helpful in helping others to discover how to money. Yeah. Joel, that's going to be it for this episode, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.